What's up, everybody? This is Pastor Victor. Welcome to the Island Podcast. We're so happy to have you with us. A uh, big thank you to everybody who listened to the last podcast. Uh, we're super excited that you're here with us. Um, just um, going to be with my friend today, Danny Gonzalez, who's going to be with us on the podcast talking about um, a lot of things. Uh, for those of you who've never been on the podcast before, we talk about anything spiritual, supernatural, thoughtful. We do it all, man, here on the podcast, on the island in which I live on. So uh, today with me, again, my good friend, Danny Gonzalez is with me. He's the pastor of City Life Church. He and his wife, Anita, pastor in Cleveland, Ohio, where they uh, are doing an amazing job up there. And um, Danny's also traveled as an evangelist and preached in churches from Baptist to Pentecostals, anywhere you name it, he's been there, he's done it. So uh, so I want to welcome my good friend, Danny Gonzalez. What's up, homie? What's going on, Prophet? God bless you. God bless you too, my friend. Uh, so excited to have you on the podcast, man, and welcome to the island. Um, so uh, just tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, uh, kind of introduce yourself to the audience and let them know a little bit about Danny Gonzalez. Well, God bless everybody on the island, the subscribers, everybody that's joining, going to be listening to this podcast today. I'm Pastor Danny Gonzalez. Again, my brother, Prophet uh, Victor Lawwell, shared with you guys. I am from the city of Cleveland. I love my city. We pastor a church plant that we uh, 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 launched on four years ago. We lost a year because of COVID, naturally. On the east side of Cleveland, where Watch God do amazing things. We have been there for four going on five years, and uh, we are booming at the seams. God is doing great works. Um, my heart is for my city. I grew up on Cleveland, born Cleveland, raised. Found my beautiful wife in Cleveland. We, we have three amazing boys, Elijah, Jacob, and Noah. And uh, alongside of them, we all go to the church together, and we're just seeing God do great things. I do believe, Prophet Victor, that there's a great revival and an awakening coming not only to the state of Ohio, but to my beloved city of Cleveland. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be one of the front runners in that so that God will be glorified. So that's where we're at. We're on the east side of Cleveland for now, and uh, we're seeing God do great uh, miracle signs and wonders. Man, that is amazing. And uh, I have been in service with uh, Pastor Danny. Uh, who, may I tell you, uh, is an apostolic uh, apostle. He's a up-and-coming general in a, in a movement, and that's what we're going to talk about today, really focusing tightly on something that he and I talk about often, and it's a bit of a misnomer in the church here, uh, Pastor Danny, is that we see the title of pastor and we see the title of teacher thrown around a lot in most churches, but there is a whole segment of the church uh, going into ministry that don't have a title. They don't have a understanding of who or what they are. And uh, I believe that it's our job to help um, identify this. And uh, as we talk, I want to talk about the fivefold ministry and why that's so important to what we're doing today. Fivefold ministry and what it means. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions and I want you to give me your response and we'll just chat it up here. So let, let's, let's start. So, so Ephesians four, uh, the 11th verse is 12th verse says the sum is given apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. And this is for the edifying of the saints, for the uplifting of the saints, for the, the managing of the church. Why, why is it that the pastor and the teacher seem to be the only fivefold ministry offices that get recognized in today's church? 
You know, you know, Prophet Vic, that's a great question. And if, in my personal opinion, now this is not theology, this is my opinion. When you think about the when you think about the church, naturally, a church has a pastor to govern it. So it's it's kind of it, it kind of go is par for the course, if you will, where we see that the church has to have a pastor. And an evangelist, of course, is somebody that goes and travels and preaches the word and. And, and does that office as well. Um, it, it's just the way the church has been constituted um, and the way it's governed. Um, but I do say, in saying that, to say this, uh, as it moves, as we are talking about Ephesians, we cannot negate the responsibility or the gift of the other two that are not. And you said something you said about the pastor and the evangelist, and I'll go ahead and add teacher to that. Uh, we, we know that there's a teacher, there's a pastor, an evangelist, Sunday school teachers or whatnot, but we, we, we negate the other two uh, um, uh, grace gifts, if you will, uh, ascension gifts, but they are supposed to be uh, a part of an active, healthy, mature church. I want to say that again. These gifts are for an active, healthy, mature church, and, and, we, and we know that here and, uh, in the Western civilization, we have operated within the three out of the five in and I think that what God is doing, he is bringing that back into alignment. Do, do you think that, do you think that the, the place of the prophet and the apostle have a place as the set man or set woman over the house or the ordinances of a church, as opposed to a pastor leading a flock? Do you think it is a, do you think it is a okay? Or do you think it's a doc, uh, you know, theologically okay? Or let's just say, uh, just structurally okay to say the apostle is the head of the church and he's leading the church. He's speaking. The the prophet is the head of the church. He's the set man. That's his office. Is called to the teacher. Is, is that acceptable uh, in in the way that God makes this up? You know, and again, great question. I think that what we've done, we've done a huge uh, injustice in trying to separate those things. Yes. Um, because the Bible says that he's given us the grace to operate in these gifts. I do see, and I have seen, and I have witnessed, and I grew up in a Spanish holiness church, but we were apostolic. I will say that to say this. It is a dire necessity for the church to have visible and tangible uh, um, awareness of the prophetic. I want to say that again. I do think that what we are seeing now is we see the pastor that is the pastor of the church has an apostolic anointing. And the grace of God to operate as an apostle as well. I do. I have seen that. I do see that. I don't speak against that or for that. But I do know that God can give you the dual grace. And we know this as being pastors that sometimes God will give us not only preaching to the sheep, but God will also give us the grace to tap into the prophetic and, and cause us to release a prophetic word over the church, over a person, that person, if you will. And so... Um, uh, that that is more what we're seeing in this dispensation of time. We're seeing where the pastor uh, operates in the grace of apostolic. Now, if you talk about the apostolic, uh, the the gifts, we know that the apostle is 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 to govern the region. We know that his grace is bigger than even the four walls of the church. We know that the pastor, his grace is within the church, and so th there's there is a fine line in the separation. But I will say. Uh, more modern church, I have seen where the pastor does operate within the grace of an apostle. Uh, uh, but how is that constituted and, and, and what does that mean? And from the place and the perspective where if he does carry the apostolic mantle, is it to birth other churches? Is it to raise the spiritual sons and daughters? 
Is it to infect the region, to understand the principality within the region so that he can govern and bring in the kingdom of God uh, to see the Lord uh, as will be established within that region? So these are great questions and dialogues, and many have different perceptions. But I will say that, that in the common church that I have seen, the apostle, the pastor does have the grace to tap into the apostolic and absolutely the apostle. So, you know, here on my island, I get to make my rules up and go as, go along as I please. So I get to state my opinion. I'm I'm not really the one to try to make fans of anyone. So I have a particular set of beliefs on this. And I believe that God gives every man and woman that operates in this fivefold ministry a calling. One of them is singular in your life. One of them is the is the is the set mantle on your life, whether it's the pastor, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, what whichever one it is. At that point, then God instructs you on on where to go and how to use that. Uh, we are seeing a uh, amazing uprising um, in the church away from denominational pretenses that have their own titles put up, whether it be bishop you know, moderators, song, all, all these different types of, of, of words that they use these days to edify and uplift whoever's in the position of the pastor or the overseer or the leader. Um, I am seeing an uprising of the apostolic order of the church where the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, at times are heading up churches, starting new uh, uh, ministries. And so I believe that we can see apostles pastor churches and then out of that they begin to rise into their apostolic mm-hmm. nature completely and we see them begin to set out sons and daughters of their dna their spiritual dna and i know there's people out there that are going to have a heart attack when i say spiritual sons and daughters because everybody wants to argue well we're only sons of god <laughs> well you know what great that you believe that but the bible gives me the grace to uh, breed people out of me. I, the Bible tells us when I become a Christian, I'm to duplicate what God has duplicated inside of me. So I'm yeah. not, and, and I don't believe in the little God, little, you know, the little G thing. I'm not a little God. I'm just a, a man with a title from God to do the work. So, uh, you know, as me, I operate in a prophetic office. That's my office. But I also operate in the office of a pastor because God's given me the grace for this season and the oil, just like you said. So for me, uh, I get tired of these naysayers wanting to tell me yes yes we have the answer you can't do this you can't do that and it just it just gets really annoying so that 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 is that's that's where all that why why are we seeing so much pushback right now for the apostle and the prophet what what's why is the church pushing back uh, whether it be because necessarily you don't see the terms apostle prophet used in let's just say the baptist presbyterian um you know the 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 more seeker type churches, but you do see them in the, the more Pentecostal based churches like the Kojic or, you know, non-denominational Pentecostal or Spanish holiness or episode. why is there so much pushback from the rest of the Christian world on these two offices? You know, that, that, that again, another great question. I honestly believe that the reason we're seeing pushback is because God is trying to align us back up to the way the word is mentioned. Ephesians gives us a very clear indication of what these ascension gifts, what these offices and these graces are for. I think that it's a very slippery slope and a dangerous place for us to be as a church, as believers, that we get to pick and choose what we deem uh, applicable to, to our narrative or our agenda. Um, I, I do believe that God is, there's a reformation taking place. God is restoring back the order of the government in Ephesians 4 and 11. 
And so what we see is that we see the, the modern church uh, 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 not, not wanting to succumb to even what the word of God says. Because this is the word of God. It's institutioned by God. Jesus was the chief apostle. Jesus was the prophet amongst all prophets. Jesus was the teacher, the pastor, and the greatest evangelist the face of this earth has ever seen. And Jesus yeah. tells the church that they're supposed to be doing this. They're supposed to be operating in this gift. This is for the church to be edified, for the church to be mature. My question is, when do we deviate from what God says the church needed to mm. operate in so that the church would be mature? How have we decided and how have we find it okay to say, you know what, we like three out of the five. Are we a threefold church? Are we a fivefold church? Are we a twofold? Because to be quite honest with you, there's some churches that the pastor does absolutely everything. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I think that that's why we're seeing so much burnout. That's why we're watching pastors commit suicide. That's why we're pastors, watching pastors take these three uh, uh, year-long sabbaticals. That's why we're watching people divorce at an all-time high within the church because the pastor has taken on more than he was even supposed to. The apostolic order of government is one that empowers the pastor, empowers the apostle, gives birth and allows the prophet to flow. It is a very dangerous place when there's not a prophetic voice within the house. It is a very dangerous city when the apostle is not praying and, 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 and proclaiming war within the region. We have came to this place to where we, whatever fits our narrative is what we want to push. You know what I'm saying, Prophet Victor? And so what I see what I see when you say setbacks, people do not want to embrace those things because, again, we've come to the place where good enough, where just enough is good enough for us. That was never the intent or the design of God in Ephesians through Jesus. Jesus. Jesus says this is how the church matures. This is how the church is complete. This is how the church will fulfill the will of God this way. So we have picked and we have prodded and we have said, you know what? We're okay with this. I, I, I know, and I'll say this and then I'll digress. I know more threefold churches than I do know fivefold. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you so think, so you... my question, so, so in, in saying that, I don't believe that a threefold church is a healthy church. Do you think, it, do you think that the fear because the apostle and the pastor, or I mean the apostle and the prophet and even the evangelist tend to be more supernaturally backed offices that that scares people because the fear of, you know, I, I'm always one that says that people fear the supernatural, the the uh, the oil of God, the presence of God because they can't understand it or can't handle it. Do you think that people fear those gifts because they're more supernaturally uh, detailed? They're more supernaturally needed. I mean, the apostle has to hear from God. He has to be a he has to be a a, a governmental centerpiece. You know, he he's the one who's structuring and setting forth operational uh he's the one who's appointing and, and and then the prophet is is the voice carrier he's the he's the baton carrier uh god he's you know he kind of i don't want to say he is but he kind of acts with the holy spirit in the in the fivefold ministry he's the carrier of what god is saying and and doing and then the evangelist is the power he's the soul winner and these are very supernatural gifts because we're saying okay apostle you're using the the authority of god prophet you're using the voice of god evangelist you're using the call of god do you think that that scares people? You know, I, I, I will say that this generation, this generation <coughs> is being brought up to understand uh, the government of the threefold ministry. 
So mm-hmm. some of our children are some of the children, some of these millennials are have are been a part of a doctrine or a dogma that speaks on threefold. They don't know what the apostle does, what it means, what the title is. They don't know what the prophet does, what his grace is. And so when you talk to them about Ephesians and they probably read this scripture, they don't understand the importance of that govern of uh, that government within the church. So a lot of this stuff was taking place within the church, especially with the, the younger culture is that they're being, they're, they're being influenced by what they see. And again, uh, a denomination does not operate in those five folds. They operate three out of the five. So son, so Billy wakes up and, and Billy raises up in the church and Billy believes in the three offices and not in the totality of the five. Mm, but again, yeah. Billy's, Billy's, being, Billy's being taught about the three, but Ephesians is speaking to us about the five. And so I even think that it, it, it harkens back to even a couple generations before us. Uh, 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 doctrinally, the way things are structured, we know that it says five, but we're going to operate in, in three. I think and so. I, yeah, I, I'm I, with you. I, I think that I think that some of the older generation, mm-hmm. just real quick, I think that that they that even scares them because they were yeah. raised under such a thumb, uh, a, a, a pulsing thumb of order and structure sure. in the church that they're afraid to allow other people inside of the Absolutely. church to operate in those gifts because we might lose control. We might lose people. We might not benefit from this. Yeah. And and, you know, it's funny that you say that because nobody should be able to say anything but the past in the church. Right. Nobody should be able to speak that that there should not be a prophetic word unless the past. Okay. I think that's dogma. I think what, that's what we, 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 that's what's been taught. I think that that's, and that's been handed down uh, uh, generationally uh, again through Billy, Billy, that's all Billy knows. He knows three out of the five. And, and again, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, that we, we, we always fear what we don't understand, right? Right. And if you don't understand uh, the fivefold, and if you don't understand the importance or the grace, or you haven't studied or, or really asked God for clarity in, in this ministry, uh, in, the, in the ascension gifts and in the ministries of Jesus, as it pertains to Ephesians 4, you're going to be confused because – because uh, the, the pecking order is one that it most likely speaks of the pastor being the head and everything else falls from under it. So, yeah. that's, so again, uh, uh, do I think people are intimidated? No, do, I, I just don't think that they're accepting. But I will say that to say this, that I believe that what God is doing in this season right now, we're watching people go the way of the fivefold. Let me say, let me be very clear, fivefold. It does not speak to a race. It does not speak to a doctrine. Fivefold is not oneness. Fivefold is simply exactly what it is. Ephesians four eleven and fifteen. This is the will of God. When, when we think about, uh, uh, I've heard it before, and I'll go ahead and share this. When I heard of, uh, oh, you're fivefold, or you know, we're fivefold, we're apostolic. Everybody automatically thinks about the black church. Yeah, well, I'm Puerto Rican, and we had that in the in the Puerto Rican church. You know, right. uh, I've heard it said, too, when you think about apostolic, is that oneness? Is that one God? And is that and so these conversations and again, it's all predicated on the fact that we have not done our due diligence into versing ourselves and helping ourselves through the Holy Ghost understand the importance, the gift and the grace of these offices. And, and yeah, real quick. And, and just and just so everybody's really clear, Pastor Danny and I are probably two of the most multiculturally connected guys in the ministry pastor danny's puerto rican and i'm white just in case you didn't know that uh and so so when we say black church we we have there there's a there's a constituency of people that just attend black churches there's a constituency of people who just attend 
Puerto Rican churches. There's just a there are white churches. We know that. This is why that this is why the, this is why the apostolic ministry is so important to fivefold, so we can start breaking out of those molds. And, and just for those that are listening to, that may be apostolic. You may be oneness. We're not talking negative about your belief system. You know, you've no. got that, and we we you know what we all believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and only way to get to heaven. And 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 that is a beautiful. There, are, I know a lot of beautiful men and women that are in those uh, apostolic order of churches. But what Pastor Danny's saying here, and what I'm saying here, is that this apostolic order, this governmental system, is not. When you hear it, it doesn't mean long skirts and pop knot hairdos and right. Jesus only. Mm-hmm. It means here's the fivefold structure. Here's how God. Here's how Paul received it from the Lord to lay it out. Here, here's what. Here's my biggest hangup with people in with scriptural interpretation and and I'm not a doctor of theology. I you know and I've got a degree in hard knocks, man. You know, I've been doing this for a while. My dad was a pastor. Dan, Danny, you know all about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I get so annoyed with people who just want to quote the New Testament and then say all this stuff just stopped and a whole new yeah. idea pattern came out that's totally opposite of what this says. I'm sorry. If we're going to believe that uh, the Bible is the full gospel, is it's the pure word of God, then we've got to believe it from Genesis all the way to Revelations. And we've got to Absolutely. accept that. And we've got to read what it says. That's the problem. We've got people who are more interested in interpretation rather than they are. I was listening the other day, Danny, and this is going to, this blew my mind. I was listening to a, a snippet off of a, a, a recently done um, documentary, and I'm not going to name it because I don't want to catch flack from the, the the group of people that put it out. But there was a guy on there saying that the day of Pentecost, we have to understand the di- the difference between what God prescribed and what God described. And that the day of Pentecostal was a day of description, not a day of prescription. And I about fell out of my seat because I'm wow. sitting here. This is what the prophet Joel prophesied. Then Peter mm-hmm. prophesying what he prophesied to your sons and your daughters. And then we see that the, the day of Pentecost, it, it begins to open up and the saints are baptized with yeah. you know, the signs and wonders. And the fivefold ministry becomes right. operational right there in that moment. And we're just sitting here looking at each other and we're going, okay, I don't believe that. Well, you can't not believe that it's in the Bible. Yeah. And yeah. So, it, 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 and again, uh, uh, Pastor Vic, it is a very, very, very slippery slope and a dangerous one to be on. Again, yeah. uh, the, our our ideology is not theology. No. And I think that that's what's taking place. Uh, the Bible speaks about uh, the man's mind, man's wisdom. We will think ourselves higher than what we are. It's very simple. I heard this uh, said to one of my uh, good friends, a general in the faith. He says simply this, do what Jesus did and say what Jesus said. Yeah. Yeah. That is the life of the believer. Yeah. I, I, I often tell, I, I shared this before, the real pandemic within the church is that there's more believers than there are disciples. My God. The church, God is not going to say, enter thy gates, thy good and faithful believer. He's going to nope. say, enter thy gates, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. Jesus commissions the disciples to go out and to make more disciples. Right. So, right. so what he's saying is, it, it, what he's saying is, what I taught you, now you go teach them. How is it, if that is applicable for that, how is it that Ephesians is not applicable for the church today? Yeah. Jesus said it himself. Yeah. Till we all come together to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God 
to, per, to a perfected man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Yep. This, Pastor Victor, is non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. <laughs> so You so, do not get to pick and choose if, if this needs to be applied within the measure or the grace of your calling. You don't. No, no, you don't. Let, let, now, I don't want to really change direction. I want to keep going in the same direction, but I want to hit on a different uh, a, a different power a different point from here okay mm-hmm. the danger of the fivefold ministry and and so we're, we're looking at the pros and the cons here and so the danger of the fivefold ministry i'm a big i'm big on order i'm big on structure i'm big on the way that the house runs we have to understand as a church and this is a statement slash question so chime in not everyone in the church that's a disciple will be called to a fivefold ministry point and not everyone. And the Bible plainly says is not everybody is called to this because in the very beginning of this, it, it says I gave some to these gifts and these offices. The danger we are running into right now is people walking in the fivefold ministry without uh, acknowledgement and without yeah. any kind of, um, there's a word you use all the time uh, when we're talking about uh, whether someone is, is what they are. Uh, talk about that for a minute. People that are assuming there's something, but they really have no sign or proof that that's on their life. Yeah, they're definitely not validated. That's for sure. Validated. That's um, the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, listen, uh, l- let me be clear. First of all, in church, in the church culture, ministry, a title is seductive. I sure. teach this to my spiritual sons. I teach this to men that I mentor, pastors that I'm mentoring. Um, when you say, when you speak of a title, it's like lingerie. And I'm not trying to be graphic. I just want no. to be very, uh, it's something that, that we all desire, something that's personal. So so ministry, any ministry is is one that 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 this could be seductive. And again, that's where we have to be careful. Uh, that we're not led by our our fleshly desires and not the Holy Spirit, because you just said it in Ephesians says there's a grace given to you to operate within the measure of the call and the gift placed over your life. We commit a humongous mistake and we operate in error. And let me say this. Let me be clear for anybody who's listening to this, that's described or that's praying to opera, uh, uh, occupy one of these offices. When you call yourself one of these offices, you are welcoming the warfare of that office. Come on. I want to be very, very, very clear. When you subscribe or you try to go ahead and, 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 and say you're this, that, and the other, you better make sure you heard for the Holy Spirit. And, I, and I'll say this from one of my pastor friends, again, a general in the faith. You have to be validated. You have to be set forth. You have to be anointed to operate in that gift. And here we go. Why? Because the Bible says that the fruits will bear witness of the grace and the gift of God over your life to operate in that uh, 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 calling. I say that to say this, Vic. At the end of the day, when we make it to heaven, we're going to hear, enter thy gates by good and faithful servant. servant. We're yes. not going to hear apostle. We're not going to hear prophet. We're not going to hear pastor. As a senior pastor, I tell the church this, and this is just my heart. The pastor is as important as the janitor. Absolutely. The pastor, God does not have favorite sons and daughters. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. God has called us all to be one thing above absolutely everything, and he called us to be servants. Yeah. Now, God yeah. gives us the grace that he wants us to have and operate in the set calling. 
Let me say this. I promise you that I want to be 100% what God has graced me to be. Now, I don't get to pick and choose what that is, but I do get to pick and choose how I honor the grace given to me by God. <laughs> I'm on somebody. I Man. want to be whatever God's called me to be, and I want to do it with the very best effort in excellence and in order. So for somebody out there that's subscribing and wants to be one of these people, just understand that if you're a self-proclaimed prophet, you are inviting the warfare of a prophet. If you're, if you're not validated, if you have not put, uh, if you, uh, you cannot be an apostle and be 17, 18 years old. It's just impossible. I've forgotten more things that you have learned. Yeah, no. There's got to be some work. There's got to be time in this. Yeah, and, and I think uh, where we're heading is people needing empowerment and entitlement more then they want the oil and the what the oil does is it keeps you lubricated and it keeps the enemy sliding off of you if you keep it on your life <clears throat> when you're not oiled up when the oil's not flowing on you the enemy just sticks to you and he hinders you and he, sure. and, he, and that warfare comes on you and uh one of my my spiritual daughters called me just yesterday and she's a she's a prophet i mean she's she's got the oil in her life the signs prove it and she said i just been laying in the floor for the last 3 days not want to do anything because uh, I've been being chased by a witch and, and I, you know, I, you know, I told her, I said, Hey, get up, quit, you know, quit belly aching about this. I'm praying with you, rebuke that thing and walk in your anointing, walk in the oil. Because when we allow the enemy to, to come in and stick to us, you know, and for those of you that don't believe in spiritual warfare and believe that, you know, you know, whatever, you know, just read the Bible, <laughs> read the Bible. If Jesus fought it, we're going to fight it. I mean, seriously, sure. the disciples fought it. You know, and, and and we're right. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. The, you know, the weapons of warfare, are not, you know, they're not going to, but we got to fight. You're not going to, you know, I always tell people this. God never said it would be easy. He just said it would be worth it. And so we mm -hmm. got to understand that. So <clears throat> I always, I, I really want to emphasize this. I love what you said, Pastor Danny. Um, go get verified. We're not telling you that you've got to succumb to some type of scrutiny some kind of mass vetting, but you need to have someone that's in the faith yeah. who's walked down mm -hmm. this road that has a um, an, an administrative office, a pastor or a prophet that have that that particular set of skills or that particular set of oil to look at you and say, I recognize this gift on your life. I recognize uh, who you are in the faith and I want to set you forth. I want to give you that. And uh, look, this can backfire on you. I've had some some cats come to my yeah. church and try to set forth, and they get mad because they don't want to be set forth because they don't want to come under submission to a house or they don't want to come submission to order. They want to do their own thing. And so I think that's why people like to wild it out and just be evangelist or brother, yeah. or so and so brother, because they don't want to hold that title because that with that title comes responsibility. Yeah, so. absolutely, Vic. And again, it's a very dangerous, dangerous place to be when you're self-appointing yourself to be something and you do not have the oil, you do not have the grace to operate in that. Very, very dangerous. More so, more so, and I say that to say this, is why we're also watching an influx of churches going the way of the fivefold because people want to hold titles. Oh people, yeah. So when you think about when you hear about a church that's apostolic, you think, "Ooh, this church got it all together." That's not necessarily the case. No. 
That's no. not necessarily the case. So, and so it, it, the, the pendulum swings in both directions. And again, it has to be something that you have heard the Lord if you're a pastor and you got a shift in your ministry. You have to hear the Lord speak to you. And like you said, because the Bible says, and these signs will follow those that believe, from miracle signs that want us to a healthy church, to operating a church that's growing in the grace of God and abounding you know, in, in, in his purpose. We, we have to understand that, that for what God is calling the church to operate in these last days is the totality of the word of God. And through the grace of God, the church will be mature and the church will be healthy as we continue to war against the gates of hell. And we continue to reproduce, reproduce, reproduce the apostolic order of government, empower people, reach, teach, empower, release is my motto at my church, empower people to embrace the gift and the measure of God over their lives so that they could do the work. Because the word tells us that there was a work created for them specifically to do, even outside of our pastors, God has called them to operate in the grace and in the gift in their personal lives. And so the whole the whole narrative about, you know, the only this, that, and the other, the pastor does this and that, I, I, I think that's, that's a very slippery slope. I do think that God in this, in this time, uh, Prophet Victor, is re- bringing back into alignment what was the set design in Ephesians. Yeah, and, and I want to say something while, while we're on this topic. It, 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 it kind of goes to you and me both and, and everybody that's from around. Uh, I, I understand the oil in my life. I understand the title that comes with it, the warfare that comes with what I, I know what I'm called to do. You know, I know what I'm called to do. You know the title that's on your life. However, and, and I believe Ron Carpenter, I, general in the faith, man of God, mm-hmm. one of my favorite people on the, the planet Earth, said this. He said, stand, and he goes by Apostle Ron Carpenter, and, and, and that's his title. He's also Pastor Ron Carpenter. So understand this. He said in a sermon, and I, I loved when he said this, he said, I am many things to many people. That's why I don't get offended when people call me things. For instance, he said, some people call me Ron. He said, some people call me apostle. Some think people call me pastor. Some people call me dad. He was talking about the group of men that were across the street at the complex that he brings out of the jails mm-hmm. and drug addiction who look at him as a father figure, and they call him dad. Is there anything wrong with that? No, because Jesus said he is, Jesus said, I'm all things to all people. We have to be like that in a sense. Other than being a savior, we have to not get offended, and we have to understand that titles are just that. They're titles. Our true office is servant, and a servant can hold many titles. A servant can be a butler. A servant can be a maid. A servant can be a cook. A servant can be a field keeper. We have to understand that our title doesn't necessarily – that's what the oil is. It's not necessarily – what our work is, I've got people that call me Victor. And my, you know, my dad growing up, I love my dad. My dad is one of the finest preaching men on the face of the planet. He's anointed. He is powerful. He is a pastor. He's been in the ministry, Danny, for 52 years. This guy wow. is the fire of God on. I mean, he's just fire, dude, when he preaches. Even today, at 70-some years old, just killing it. But my dad always required people to call him pastor. I remember the first time I told him people call me Victor. He said, son, you got to get control of that. I said, no, I don't. Here's why. Because I'm not necessarily everybody's pastor. I'm not necessarily everybody's person that they need to go to. Now, if you're my church and I shepherd you, then yeah, you can call me pastor if you want to. I said that to say this. We don't have to keep these titles so tied up. If you know who you are in God, it will come out. That, That anointing will come out. Correct, Danny? 
Absolutely. I, I heard a general of the faith and uh, said the exact same thing. He says, in fact, he says, some people will start to identify the grace over your life before you're even verified. And I said, what do you mean? He said, they will see that. They will see that anointing over your life as God is uh, uh, maturing you and God is sending you. You, you know, the, the, it's simple. This is God's will. This is God's deal. We don't get to pick and choose how and what we want to say and how we want to say and do it. You know what I'm saying? And so you even saying get a hold of that. It, at the end of the day, it all boils down to our hearts. Our hearts are to be servants for God. We are ambassadors. We carry the glory of God. We're oracles of his word. We don't speak about Jesus. We speak for Jesus. And at the core of who we are as believers, we have to have a posture of servanthood. Now, a grace to operate in the call of God over our lives, but our posture should always be servanthood. That's why the Bible says you have to decrease so that he can increase. We have to understand, Victor, and you said it, and I completely echo what you said. We have to understand that at the core of who we are, outside of how long we've been doing this, no office is greater than even that of a servant. You know, God sends down Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. There was never a moment that Jesus was comfortable wrapped in skin. No. He wasn't. But Jesus was very clear. Jesus, he, he did not have time to sit here and debate with people about what they thought because he says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus knew that God had purposed him, and so Jesus lived a purpose-driven life. I think that at the core of what God is telling the church in these last days, find your purpose and live that life. My ultimately, Lord. ultimately, at the core of what your purpose is will be the foundational truth, which is God loves you, but more than anything, you're a servant before you're absolutely anything else. And again, these things have to be identified we have to grow in the grace of God in that uh, and abound in understanding so that we will be validated for that fruit will show itself. Can I say something real quick? Say it. Fruit doesn't announce that it's, it's coming. Fruit just simply shows up. My if God. we have to tell people we're a pastor, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, we're probably not a pastor, prophet, evangelist, and a teacher. My God. Because fruit never announces that it's showing up. It just shows up. My Lord. Man, this is, this is I mean, we could go, we could go for hours on this. So I'm going to say this real quick. You take the next 60 seconds and just bless the people with what's on your heart from the word, from the Lord right now. Just share with them for about 60 seconds what God's speaking to you right now in this season, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Absolutely. Well, first of all, it was an honor to be on your podcast, uh, Prophet Victor. I love you. I appreciate you. I love what God is doing you in the Dream City Church. Um, if I could give anybody some advice today, uh, what the Lord has been speaking to me, especially in this year, 2022, is that God is taking the church, his children, the saints to a higher realm of glory. I want to say that today. God is going to take you to a new realm, a new dispensation in your personal walk, corporately and individually as it pertains to the church. But it's going to be predicated on your desire to know more of God and spend more time with him. The Bible says it this way, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall and will be filled. Pastor Vic, what I'm saying is not everybody is hungry for righteousness. But in this level, in this season that we're living in, we just came out of a, 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 a pandemic where we've seen everything happen. We were short Godzilla and, and zombies. 2021, we were trying to get our scruples back. We are trying to get things in order. But I believe that what the enemy meant for bad, God is turning it around. And we are living in a moment in time in history 
for the greatest awakening in the history of this world. I promise you, the Bible says that the more you'll seek him, the more you'll find him. God is trying to move his church from one place of glory to another place of glory. And I digress with this. You've got to understand the voice of the Lord. God is going to give you the intricacies, the understandings of what it is he wants you to do and how he wants you to get there. But you've got to meet him at the, at the secret place. We're living in a world where there's so much things being shoved in front of our face, where the culture is perverted and the climate is fear. Get to the secret place. Listen to the still voice of God that's still speaking and allow God to move you from the place you're at to the place he desires you to be. Glory should never become common. Hear me again. The moment glory becomes common, is more. It's, it's time for you to go somewhere higher. And I promise you, uh, Pastor Vic, this is what God is speaking to me, that he's taking us to another realm of glory. But it will only be predicated on our desire to know him on a more personal and intimate level. My man, get it done, Pastor Danny Gonzalez. Listen, <laughs> if you're in Cleveland, Ohio, and you're over – uh, on the Dolliff Road area, this dude is on fire. This church is on fire. City Life Church. I got a lot of friends in Cleveland, a lot of pastor friends. There's a lot of dudes doing a lot of good work up there. Danny, Danny Gonzalez and Didi Gonzalez are doing a bang-up job on their side of town. It's been an honor to have you on my podcast, and I just look forward to what God's doing. And uh, we'll do this again. We'll chop it up again soon. Uh, be ready to hear from big things out of Cleveland on that side of town. It's coming. Revival's coming to Cleveland. Revival's coming to Ohio. Hey, brother, I love you. Shalom. And we will talk soon, okay? I love you too. Shalom. God bless. All right. God bless you. That is my friend Danny Gonzalez from the City Life Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Listen, it's been great having you on here today. Listen, I know you're not going to agree with everything we said. That's the point of the podcast. This is my island, so I get to say what I want. And you can disagree. Be nice in the comments, though. Don't say anything ugly or nasty. But remember, we're all Christians. We're all brothers. I love you. God bless you. We will see you guys on the other side. Bye.